Welcome everybody into the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. I am Parker Bennett from Royal LePage Westwind Realty, and I'm glad you could be with me today for this uh, real estate market update, kind of a quick and dirty setting into the summer market, as well as I have a little bit of a rant for you. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll find some uh, some value in it. So I, I can't wait to bring that and share that with you. I did a bit of homework on my rant. Uh, but let's just jump in right now. We have... Um, we have a summer market that seems to be starting to settle down. And it's very typical in Kamloops that when the summer holidays kick in, that the real estate market does slow down. There is currently July 1st to July 24th. Uh, this is where I analyze the data. Uh, we have 142 sales in the city of Kamloops. 75 of those are single family detached homes. Same period last year, uh, 121 sales, 73 being detached homes. What's interesting about that is that the average price for a single family detached home, I say average, is 810,000 bucks, whereas the same time last year was 843,930 bucks. So it's really interesting. So the micro on that is that the demand is up because there's more sales, but the affordability is down due to the higher interest rates. Now, also, I looked at a million plus sales, and so in the month of July, sorry, I don't want to say the whole month, but basically the first uh, 20, 24 days, 10 sales over a million bucks, with the largest sale being 1.672. Same period last year, 18 sales over a million bucks, with the the largest sale coming in at 1.7. So demand is still up. It's still very strong. There's still a demand for housing across the province. Uh, but more so in the microenvironment of Kamloops, we're still looking for single family detached homes. And actually what I hear from a lot of agents in my office and what I feel inside is that every day when new listings come on, there's never anything good. It just seems like there's always, there's not a lot of good product coming on the market. So there's still a very distinct demand for single family detached homes that are, let's say sub 800,000 bucks. Anything that's in them more median house price range and closer to that average price. That's the stuff that's selling right now. And when you get into 950 plus, uh, you get that seven, seven digit price tag. Uh, the market is, is definitely slower. There's less demand there. Higher interest rates just, just basically settle that million dollar mark right down. Now, unless you've been hiding underneath the shell right now in countless, you probably noticed that periodically throughout the day, we're getting smoke, smoke, uh, we have fires kind of all over the province of BC right now, but we have a couple of fires that are nearby to Kamloops that are giving us a little bit of uh, anxiety. There is the Rossmore fire, which is just south of Kamloops, and it uh, it was building and moving quite rapidly for uh, throughout the weekend and through uh, Monday, but now it seems to have semi-slowed down as the fire approaches the grasslands. I, I think they've redirected it, but we're still early in that fire, and, and we'll evaluate that on a day-to-day basis. I'm, I'm wishing uh, all the firefighters out there that are working diligently on that fire the very best uh, to make sure that, uh, you know, they keep safe and, and can knock that fire back. We did have a 19-year-old girl who was part of the wildfire um, program here in BC who died here recently, last week. Um, I think a tree had come down on her and uh, she was killed, which is very unfortunate. And my, my thoughts and prayers go out to the uh, family. Um, that's just a horrible situation. 
But I do hear this narrative from time to time where, uh, you know, these guys aren't doing anything out there. The fire is still moving. Well, I assure you, these fires are ferocious. And, uh, and I think we should all be very thankful that we have a, a team of uh, diligent firefighters out there working at their best. I will say this, though. I like to run in the mornings, and uh, I run on the Dallas Barnhartville Trail System, uh, just south of Barnhartville. And every day when I'm running out there in the morning, I see cigarette butts on the trail, and it just drives me insane with the amount of heat and and the dry factor that we have going on in our in our forests and grasslands. We're such at risk. Please, for the for the love of Kamloops, please don't do that. <laughs> just don't. Stop it. All right, let's let's jump into my rant. Um, th- this rant was inspired by uh, some of the people that I follow on social media that have a pretty loyal following, a much loyal, f- larger uh, set of influence than than what I would knock up or chalk up. But um, there's individuals like Grant Cardone, uh, Gary Vanderchuk, and uh, you know to name a few. These guys are. Are real estate investors, they're 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 business owners, they're they're pro business, and they target an audience of a younger generation. And I want to bring this up. I'm actually going to play this this most recent clip that came from uh, Grant Cardone, as they are basically telling people: before you buy a home, you need to own as many homes as it takes to create passive income in order to pay for your primary residence. So before you purchase a home. The smart thing to do is to go out and buy 10, 15 rentals before you should be buying your own primary residence. You should be renting, essentially renting. So I've created some data to back up why that's such a wild and crazy idea, at least here in Canada, because I know that a lot of these, um, a lot of this narrative is, is, is in the USA and there's different systems and there's different price points and there's different advantages and disadvantages to owning and, and running properties. But this is going to be based on Kamloops market. So I just want to play you this clip here. This is from Grant Cardone. Just give me a second here. I'm going to fire it up. Okay, I'm hoping this comes in. In a house, worst investment you'll ever make in your entire life. Let's say you paid a million dollars for a house. Average house here is 576. 576 is what you paid. Now you need 12% for broker fees. Let's say you keep the house 10 years. You need 10% in maintenance fees. It's 1% a year maintenance fees. It's about 2% in property taxes every year. That's 20%. 2 times 10 is 20. And it's probably 7% to the bank, so that's 70%. Total those up, it's 112%. $576,000 home will have to be sold for $1.2 million in 10 years. You're not going to sell for that to break even dead money and you had to put a hundred grand down to do this deal. they're serving a master they'll borrow money from the bank of america and then if they can get some more money they'll have a little retirement account that funds wall street this is a big game bro rather than buying one house rent where you live and take that hundred grand and go buy a piece of real estate where other people live i just don't need to own a home on the way up i need to own assets that pay me on the way up and once I have enough cash flow from the assets, then if I want to go buy a house or a watch or a car, I buy it out of the passive income. Okay, so there's a lot of value in that statement, but I do want to bring people back to reality, at least for the Kamloops market. I'm gonna, I basically I analyzed a, a five year time period. Okay, so things that I'll take out of that what was basically unless you sell a five hundred and seventy five thousand dollar house. In 10 years for 1.2, you're basically just going to break even. 
and you'd be better off to rent over owning that. And I'm going to present you with a better option than that because uh, I don't feel like renting is going to do you any good. But let's, let's assume that in Kamloops, you bought a house five years ago, okay? The average single-family detached home price five years ago, statistically, I'm not guessing here, I've got the data, is $530,000, okay? Uh, now, if I evaluated the average, five of the average prices, uh, sorry, let me back that up. If I averaged out five of those properties that were in the $530,000 price point five years ago, three out of the five had a basement suite in it. So it's better than 50% chance that that price point gets you a home with a basement suite, okay? So if you paid $530 for it, you would need a 5% down payment, okay? $26,500 down payment. You're going to need a home inspection, which is going to be $500. You're going to need a lawyer to transact that deal. It's going to be $1,200. Yeah, $1,200. You're going to pay property transfer tax. So assuming you've already owned a home, you're going to pay property transfer tax of $8,600. Now I played a lot of benefits there in the favor of making this 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 um, this numerical equation less favorable. Unlike Grant Cardone, who made it completely favorable to an investor and in, and in renting over owning. So all in, you're going to be paying five hundred forty four thousand seven hundred forty dollars because you're going to pay an additional four percent in CMHC fees and closing costs on that deal. Okay. Now, essentially, you pay a 2.5% interest rate five years ago, okay? And I even calculated five years of taxation for a property at $530,000 inside the city limits. With a $700 homeowner's grant, you're going to pay $3,237 in the last year, okay? And I backtracked it from, I pulled the data out of the uh, Kamloops taxation um, to see what it would have cost each year going back five years. So I calculated it up over a five-year term. It's $13,736 in property taxes and averaged a $3,600 in utility fees. So we're getting up there. We got lots of costs over top of us, okay? Uh, over the course of the five years, you're going to pay $36,800 for down payment closing costs. In total, with interest payments for the five years that you own that home, the total all-in is $206,000. It's the total amount that you're going to pay over the five years. Down payments, cost, property taxes, utility fees, CMHC fees, uh, interest rate, home inspection, property transfer tax, lawyers, Um, I didn't include maintenance of the home because if you're going to rent a home, the maintenance is going to be the same. Like if you're, if you're buying a home, that's a rental, you're still going to have maintenance costs. So they kind of scratch each other out. So that's $41,271 per year or $3,439 per month. That's your cost. Okay. Now, if you bought that home five years ago at 530,000 bucks today, okay, Today, that property is worth $810,000. I just told you that's that earlier. So that's a total of, in five years, you will still owe $454,827. However, you got an $810,000 house that you're sitting on, which 
equivalates to an equity range of 356,000, just over $356,000 of equity and your profit margin, it's not a business. So I really don't want to use that term, but I use it lightly. You'd have $150,757 in viable profit. Okay. Off your initial investment of $36,800, it's an ROI of 33% per year. Now, I know I'm not Warren Buffett by any means, but I'm pretty sure Warren Buffett would take a 33% uh, ROI on any investment that he was going to take. Okay, so let's look at that now. If you were renting, I took the average rent as well, okay? So five years ago, the average rent for a two-bedroom would be $1,600 a month. And then if I look at the the allowable interest, the, the allowable amount that you could raise your rental, if you're a landlord, over the course of five years, remembering that one of those years was a COVID year, there was a rental freeze, you're basically going to pay just shy of $20,000 per year until the last year you paid just over $20,000 in rent. Over the course of the five years, you're going to be very slightly shy of $100,000. So in the first scenario, you're going to pay $206,000 to own a home with $356,000 equity. In the second scenario, you're going to pay $100,000. And at the end of that five-year term, you're going to get jack shit. Okay. So let's turn this narrative a little bit better. Okay. Let's just say we are trying to be savvy with our money and maybe we can't afford 3,500 bucks a month. Not a lot of people can do that. So let's add the basement suite scenario because you could have bought a house for $530,000 with an actual basement suite. So assuming we had a two-bedroom basement suite and we reaped that $100,000, you're now sitting at a $106,000 buy-in over the course of a five-year, which is only six grand more than what you'd be paying as a renter. And now you have $456,000 of equity and a $250,000 profit margin, which is a 48% ROI on your investment. So... Can, like even with CMHC and the way the interest rates were set up five years ago, you know, at the end of the day, this is ludicrous unless you're 17 years old and they're telling you to live in your mom's basement or, you know, rent a room or something like that to get your first investment off the ground. Sure. That makes a lot of sense because you don't have any liabilities. You may not have any kids. You don't have, you know, student loans. You may not have car payments because you have to work in town and you live out of town and you got to make transportation viable. There's a lot of like expenses that you need to have when you're 35 years old as opposed to when you're 20. So I think the viability of that statement that those, uh, the, the narrative that I, I continue to see on my Instagram feed when it comes around to real estate right now and real estate investing is to, to buy rental properties prior to owning a home. But if you checked out the one of the last podcasts where we talked to Sarah Park about buying a home with a basement suite and then converting it into a rental property, this is something along the Canadian lines. Like we're allowed to do this in BC. I don't know what you're allowed to do in the United States. And I know that narrative is coming from that area, but that's the smart play, okay? Buying a home with 5% down, converting it into a rental property as you decide to move up or move out or move into a different property, and you can pay 5% down for that property because it's now your primary residence and you continue that cycle. That's a great way to, to, to build equity in residential real estate, as well as the rental rates right now are, are exceptionally high. They're very viable. Um, there's, you know, if you break down that $206,000 of initial investment over the course of five years, a lot of that is taxation and fees. There's nothing incorrect about Grant Cardone's statement about how 
the world turns on the taxation of owning a house. That's legit. There's a lot of money that is, is not being put down on a property or paying directly for maintenance of a property as opposed to everybody's getting their piece, the bank, the investors, uh, the government, you know, they're all taking a piece of that sweet pie known as real estate. And the one thing that you can take from that is if you were investing that money somewhere else, let's say you had that $36,800, which is technically the down payment and closing cost of what you would incur in buying a home five years ago. If you invested that money, let's say the best investment you got out of that was 10 to 15%, which would be an ideal investment in the real estate market. It would take you decades to get up to that $356,000 equity mark. Because don't forget, you are leveraging that money to $530,000 investment. So it goes up 1%, 1% of $500,000. One, you know, if it goes up 5%, it's 5% of $500,000. It's not 5% of your 36,000. So makes a lot of sense. This is the way I see it. This is the way it works here. I mean, this is the way Kamloops works. Uh, Other cities might have different numbers, but I did spend a fair amount of time trying to figure out what all those numbers would look like. And that's my take on it.